I'm not going to tell you which football team Archie supports. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Isaac, part of the team here at HDB. As Archie said, uh, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you today in the room and to everyone watching online as well. Before I start, I've got an important question to ask. I hope it doesn't divide opinion too much because I'm not a fan of division. But I just wanted to ask, right, just by a show of hands, if you're watching online, you can type in the comments. Does anyone here own a Filofax? Anyone? Wow. That's a lot more people than I was expecting. I genuinely can't believe that. The reason I ask is because I was in a meeting a few weeks ago and I genuinely couldn't believe that people still use Filofaxes. The confusion in the meeting was quite funny. Someone was like, oh, Filofax, is that some sort of fax machine? <laughs> if you don't know what a Filofax is, it's kind of like a notebook that people use to record like appointments, addresses, and evidently they're still really important. I'm sure David Attenborough will put out a documentary soon on how they're an endangered species. Um, but big up the Filofax crew. That actually has nothing to do with my talk today. Just wanted to get it off my chest. <laughs> the title of my talk today is The Good Shepherd. And I'm going to be reading a psalm written by David. And it's Psalm 23. Now this psalm brings back some great memories for me. Because it's one my mum used to recite to us a lot when we were growing up. And once, the reason why it always sticks with me is because there's a word in this psalm that my mum would always extend in her really Ghanaian way. So as a thank you to my mum for her dedication, her tenacity, and her slightly out-of-key extension of this word, I thought that we could all read it together. And just like Mumsy, when we get to verse 6, and it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. We're not going to say all the days of my life. We're going to say, all the days of my life. So everyone is from Ghana for the next 60 seconds. So here's Psalm 23. The words should come up on the screen. Here we go, all together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Great effort, great effort. Now, every single line in this psalm deserves an individual sermon because it's that powerful. But today we're going to mainly focus on the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, when he was young, David was a shepherd. So he probably had decent knowledge about what qualities it takes to make a good one. Later on in life, David became a king, and it was while he was king that he probably wrote Psalm 23. Being a king was seen as a much better job, and he could have titled Psalm 23, The Lord is My King, but no, he chose to write about a shepherd, a job that he once had. 
It wasn't the best job to have either, but David wasn't embarrassed about his employment history. He wasn't like me. One of my first jobs was when I got to university in Hertfordshire. I got a job at Asda, and I was very proud of that. And on my first day, I couldn't wait to get on the tills because you get to sit down for the whole of the shift. It's my kind of job. So I pull up in my little green jacket, ready for my manager to tell me what till I'm on. But she turns around and says to me, Isaac, you got a lovely smile. In my head, I was thinking, steady, love. You've already known me a day. <laughs> and then she said, I think you'd be wasted on the tills. <laughs> By the entrance, there's a little smiley face on the floor. And what you're going to do is you're going to stand on this yellow smiley face and you're going to wave and say hi to people as they walk in. You're going to be our greeter. And they made me stand on this smiley face for eight hours and just say to everyone, welcome to Asda, have a great day. Even gave me a little yellow badge to go along with it and a cheeky little manager made it sound like a promotion. Thankfully, Instagram and TikTok wasn't around those days. Uh, so I didn't take a picture of myself. I just used to write about the experience in my file of facts instead. <laughs> but if I did take a pic, it would have looked something like this. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is my job at Asda didn't make it onto my CV because I'm a little embarrassed of the role that I had. I know what you're thinking, and yes, rappers do have CVs. King David wrote Psalm 23, and he wasn't embarrassed about his time as shepherd. But interestingly, he actually writes this psalm from the perspective of a sheep. Being a sheep doesn't really have good connotations in the world that we live in. Sheep don't have sharp teeth or dangerous claws. They're not particularly fast. If you're a sheep, you have to depend on a leader, a protector, someone who is in control. So who is the shepherd that the sheep should look to? Oftentimes we can put people in the role of shepherd who aren't fit to assume that position. I've heard the following in my life from various people that care about me, and maybe you've heard similar. Don't follow the cool crowd that don't really care about you. Don't be a sheep. Don't do what everyone else is doing just for the sake of it. Don't be a sheep. Don't support Chelsea just because they've bought 500 players this transfer window. Don't be a sheep. When people say don't be a sheep, it's rarely because being one is a bad thing. It's mostly because following the wrong shepherd can have detrimental effects on your life. But following a good shepherd can radically transform it. John 10 verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. So let's talk about Jesus, the good shepherd. Here's three things Psalm 23 taught me. The first thing is that the good shepherd thinks everyone is important. A king, a prime minister, the CEO of an organization, they tend to think on scale. They tend to look at the majority and make decisions that are best for them. There's obviously a time and a place for this, but this psalm seems really personal. It doesn't say the Lord is our shepherd or the shepherd. It doesn't say Jesus leads us behind still waters or he restores our soul. It says the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's personal to me 
and you. And how refreshing is that? In a world that is obsessed with numbers, obsessed with how we can scale up, how many social media followers we have, how many people we reached with our initiative, how many years experience we have to have before we can be considered for a job, or how many people came to church today. Please don't get it twisted. Those numbers are important. However, if we treat people as one homogenous group, what will happen is people will fall through the cracks and sheep will go missing. Big numbers are great, but how many people did you say hello to? Take for a coffee or a cuppa? How many people did you build a real and personal relationship with? Jesus wants that with every single one of us. I once heard someone say, initiatives are great, but if you say you really love the poor, tell me their names. In other words, get personal. In Matthew chapter 18, it says, if one sheep wanders away, Jesus would leave 99 on the hills and go and look for the one. I got a glimpse of how Jesus must feel about us the other day. I was in Ikea. My wife said we were just popping in. I was there for about five hours. We were there with my son Ezra, who is three, and we've just had a little girl called Hallie. Don't worry, I'm not going to do the embarrassing parent thing of showing you a picture. I'm not one of those weirdos. I'm going to show you a video instead. (laughs) So this is Hallie. Yo, Hallie, uh, speaking at church on Sunday, can you give them a little smile so they'll be nice to me? There we go. Bigger one? Otherwise, I'll make you start paying some rent. Bigger one? So, we had both of the kids in Ikea, and Ezra, my eldest, he made the executive decision to start playing hide-and-seek without telling us, and he went missing. And instantly, I wanted to find him because I love him. Just because I love Hallie with all of my heart doesn't mean that I'm willing to let Ezra go. And that's how Jesus feels about us. I found Ezra eventually, by the way. This is him. He's just chilling. (laughs) The second thing that Psalm 23 taught me is that the good shepherd guides us. Verse 3 says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Lord knows I need to be led down the right path. It's hard to be righteous. It's hard to maintain integrity and do the right thing even when no one is looking. For me, in the past, when times have been difficult financially, I've always found it hard not to try and save a sneaky penny. I don't know why. Maybe it's being from East London. Maybe it's my dad bringing us up on only fools and horses. But I grew up as a bit of a Del Boy. Don't judge me, but I remember being 18 years old and being really tight for money, but I needed to get across London. So instead of buying an adult travel card, I bought a child travel card instead. A ticket inspector got on a train. I'm not going to lie, I pretended to be asleep. (laughs) It, It didn't work. And eventually he asked for my travel card. And so I handed it to him, hoping that he wouldn't notice, but he did. And he turned around to me and he said, why have you got a child travel card? And I'm not proud of this, but I looked at him dead in the eye and I said, the reason I've got a child travel card is because I'm a child of God, you know? (laughs) He gave me a 20 pound fine and walked off. (laughs) Allowing Jesus, 
Right, calm down, guys. Calm down. <laughs> allowing Jesus into our lives, allowing him to transform it for the better, and having him guide us brings us an unrivaled amount of joy, love, peace, and wisdom. If I was just trying to be righteous on my own strength or by my own strength, it wouldn't work. I'm too imperfect. The pressure would be too much. But knowing that Jesus, a friend and a good shepherd, is guiding me, it takes all of the pressure off. It's not to say I won't make mistakes or have unhelpful thoughts, but someone that loves me unconditionally is continuously guiding me. And because of that, I can be hopeful for the future. And maybe you're not like me, you're a much better person and you've never ever considered buying a child travel card. But you could be at a crossroads and you want to know which is the righteous path to take. You need guidance. Should you stay in a relationship or leave it? Should you go for this new job or stay at your current one? You know, sometimes the righteous path isn't always obvious. And there might be various reasons for that. One reason is maybe there's a few righteous paths that you can take. You know, for example, on a Saturday afternoon, you could go to lunch at Nando's, or you could go to the West Ham game. They're both righteous paths. You can't really, can't really lose out. But in, in all seriousness, a reason why the righteous path might not be obvious is because Jesus wants us to consult him. He wants a relationship with you. He loves you. Matthew 7, 7 says this, Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. One other reason that Jesus might not always put the road markings down is because all that he might require is for his sheep to follow him. And the third thing that Psalm 23 taught me is the good shepherd doesn't hide. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Another translation says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So the question I have when I read that is, why would a good shepherd lead his sheep through a dark valley? And the only answer I can think of is maybe the only reason he leads us through dark valleys is to get us to a better place. And that's so hard to wrap our heads around because when we think about the deepest, darkest valleys that we've experienced, they are really painful. But Jesus doesn't hide. He's with us every single step of the way. The verse doesn't say, I will fear no evil because Jesus will meet me on the other side. It says, I'll fear no evil because he is with me. 18 months ago, I was in my local area walking to my car at around midday, and there were three men surrounding it. I said, excuse me, please, and they wouldn't move, so I gently brushed past them. One of them decided to throw hot coffee in my face and then punched me in my eye. As I reflected on what was a racially motivated attack, I always think back to my journey to the hospital. In that car with blood pouring out of a cut in my eye, my vision impaired, I had questions about why it happened, what I did to deserve it, why people are allowed to behave like that. And with all those thoughts running through my mind, I just remember feeling like in that car on the way to the hospital, Jesus was with me. Obviously, I would have preferred to not have coffee thrown in my face or get punched in my eye. And yeah, it felt like Jesus wasn't with me when it actually happened. 
But feelings aren't facts. Unfortunately, those three men who also have the opportunity to be led by the good shepherd decided to use their free will to go their own way and not the way of Jesus. And the reality is we can go our own way if we want to because Jesus is our shepherd and not our slave master. But going your own way is just probably not the best route to take. I'm speaking from experience. I'm thankful that Jesus was with me in that dark valley. I'm thankful that he didn't hide. He chilled with me in that car during my angry prayers and complaints. And you know what? Angry prayers and complaints are fine. Jesus can handle them. Prayers like, Lord, you said you would protect me. Where were you? Prayers like, Jesus, I know you're in control, but I don't like the route that we're taking. A lot of the Psalms David wrote were actually full of complaints. But Psalm 23, this particular one, is one that he wrote to realign our focus. The good shepherd cares about everyone. The good shepherd guides us and the good shepherd doesn't hide. You know, we can't see Jesus as shepherd if we don't see ourselves as sheep. A lot of us want to be king of our own castles. And that's completely fine if all the time life goes great. We all want to be shepherd of our own lives, but when the price of energy pretty much doubles and we don't know what to do, what will we do? When we lose a loved one and we're trying to navigate grief, what are we going to do? When we accidentally fall into an addiction and we've tried everything, but we can't stop, what are we going to do? Or when there's an issue at church that you're really passionate about, or that is deeply personal to you, but the church can't seem to agree, what are we going to do? Don't know about you, but the only thing I'm going to do is hand in my resignation. I no longer want to be shepherd of my own life. Because when we are completely vulnerable, just like sheep, our only protection is the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't want anything else, I don't need anything else, because he is everything that I need. Lent starts next week, and as well as giving up sugar or coffee or Love Island or whatever else you're planning to, I'd love to challenge us to give up trying to be shepherd of our own lives. It's too complicated, too much pressure. The situations are too big. So today, I'm going to be applying for the job of a sheep instead. Now, here's the job spec, just in case anyone else is interested. Must be prepared for the good shepherd to love you unconditionally. Must be prepared to work for a leader who knows exactly where we're going. Must be prepared for the good shepherd to never hide his face from you. Must be prepared to trust that whatever happens in your life as a result of following Jesus is ultimately for your benefit. Must listen when the good shepherd guides, and that includes guidance via the Bible. And the best thing is this vacancy is always open for applications. You are instantly accepted and there is zero experience needed. So Jesus, I thank you that you are the shepherd of our lives. Thank you that we don't have to do this all by ourselves. But we can look to you, a trusted saviour that died on a cross for our sins so that we could have life. A saviour that guides us, that never hides, and that cares about every single one of us.
Would you give us the strength we need to relinquish control and trust you in every single situation? In your name we pray. Amen.